started there is Thursday, 2 p.m. Pacific or 4 p.m. Central. I'm Friend Query, which means this mercifully has to be. Hello, Miss Kristen. How are you? You're muted for one thing. <laughs> call you Darn. Elizabeth too. We're gonna call you I Elizabeth too. E two. I, I have been on. very good lately. I just want it noted. Thank you very much. You have. I have to admit, it's because my kids just came home and the dogs are barking, and I was like, was embarrassed to have everybody hear that I'm in the dungeon, aka my basement today. So happy Friday Eve, anyway. Happy Friday Eve. We've got a great show today, I'm excited to say. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite subjects we're going to talk about today. I can't wait. Absolutely. And we've got uh, Craig Sacanti on, making sure I got that pronunciation right, Um, of T-Minus Solutions. He's got a great story, a lot of great advice for uh, people who are starting up in business and franchising. Yeah. We'll be on in a bit. But first, we have... Speaking of starting up in franchising first you got to have somebody selling you franchise right helping you find your way so to speak to find the right franchise and what better way to do that than to get started with somebody who has been trained exactly so Chris and I are leaving um, the first of the week to go down to West Palm Beach to the Titus Center for Franchising they are one of our sponsors and she and I are on the advisory board for that. So we are heading down that direction. And um, John Hayes, who runs that program down there, uh, asked us to let everybody know about a boot camp he's hosting, Selling Franchises Boot Camp. It's going to be January 19th and 20th after the first of the year at Palm Beach Atlantic. If you haven't been there, it's a beautiful campus. Yes, um, Always good weather unless you're getting hit by a hurricane, which I think they, they fared okay today. <laughs> Yes, we did get the update that everything is fine and we are on track. Um, next week is, or I'm sorry, the week of the 19th and 20th is going to be great. They're going to um, teach folks how to get gener- uh, ge- how to generate qualified franchise sales leads, how to track and develop relationships with those leads, and ultimately how to sell franchises domestically and internationally, which is super cool. Um, they've got three keynote speakers. Um, so one from Clear Summit Group, Brand One Franchise Development, and Flick Switch Marketing, which will be super fun. Um, and I think it's a good way, even if you've already been trained as a broker consultant, um, just to kind of take what you're doing, maybe re-energize you, plug into new resources, um, look at um, selling or helping people buy franchises in a different way. I personally don't like to call it selling franchises because I think it's more of a consultative role um, and really helping match people with the opportunity that fits them best, not necessarily a sell job. Um, but in this case, most people understand selling franchises to be selling. So, um, But it's going to be fun. Down at the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic. And again, January 19th and 20th, right? 
Yeah, and you if you are a CFE, a certified franchise executive, there's 300 credits in it for you. And if you sign up, I think the date was December 12th to get the early bird discount. So if you go on the Titus Center for Franchising's website, it's at tba.edu. Um, you can Google Titus Center for Franchising, Selling Franchises Bootcamp also, and we will have the information on our website and in the magazine as well to help him get the word out. So awesome. stay tuned. Yeah, so when we get back, we'll have a great story to tell you about our time and what we've learned down there. And now Ray has a special message for us. After he takes it out to mute. I am catching. I've read it wow. to everyone. Even Ray doesn't know. I did it. I did it. We now have right. three Elizabeths. That's scary. I mean, All we're, right. we're right. going to have to Elizabeth, what's your middle name? <laughs> so we're gonna well no we can't start calling you mute but i think we're gonna have to quit calling you elizabeth because we have e1 and e2 and you know <laughs> all right by your... let's, let's, let's begin uh i i'd like to wish uh, all veterans happy veterans day and thank you for your service and a little reminder um i i've been getting messages uh, you know, from various VA organizations about free coffee and free uh, breakfasts and lunch. And there's so many of them. I, I was going to list a few, but, you know, Starbucks is one uh, as an example, but uh, there's a lot of them. So go out there and Google it. And, and if you're interested in getting something uh, free, uh, you know, that, that would be the way to do it. So again, thank you for your service. Yay. Absolutely. Okay, so let's introduce our guest. Are you ready, Kristen? I'm ready. I can't wait. Okay, let's introduce uh, Craig Sacconti. And uh, Craig started his successful franchises, Pino's. Palette. Palette, my favorite. <laughs> He's also uh, has been a founding partner and advisor in, in various other businesses, including Seats and My Eats. Mobile ordering software platform delivering food, drink, and merchandise to sports stadiums and healthcare campuses across the country. His most recent venture is T minus a S face platform S A A. I don't know how you pronounce that. Is that right? <laughs> it's a platform that helps businesses with back end software technology prepared uh, for franchise development before they start expanding and and support them through their franchise models. Craig is the president and CEO of T-Minus Solutions. Craig also speaks at, and mentors at Rice University's business students on, on his experience as a franchise owner, and he has authored an author of upcoming book called A Founder's Guide to Software Startup. Welcome to the show, Craig. Thanks for having me. What an introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> understand so first i love Tino's palette i as i mentioned to you before the show yeah. and i love the whole seats concept because there's nothing better than sitting down and being able to order food to be delivered to you that's amazing but the last part i'm not a tech person so you're going to have to explain sure. things to me because i'm lost yeah, can you humor me? I'll give you the quick backstory on T minus, and it'll connect Pino's palette and seats together. So this is all yeah. I'll make. I'll make sense. Okay. So my career, I'm a bit of a mutt 
as far as my career. I started my career as a software developer, um, went back to school, did the MBA thing, and then some strategy consulting, and that's when I started Pino's Palette. Um, we built all of our own proprietary software on the back end of Pino's Palette. So it runs everything we do, our surveys, reservations, our website, the point of sale. It's all custom software. It was um, a big pain in the butt to uh, manage a one-person software development shop within our franchise headquarters. And I've, you know, we've been open for 13 years. I think we're, we'll be selling right in 14 years next year. And um, also Seats, which I co-founded in 2017, which is a, a sidebar interesting story, but also very challenging to get a software startup off the ground with freelancers and overseas resources, even for someone like me, who's managed many software teams, was difficult. So yeah. I started T-minus, um, like many people in 2020, I got to sit, step back and say, okay, what do I love to do? And I came up with three things. I love building software. I love solving business problems. And I love working with entrepreneurs and founders, which has been you know, part of my track record, especially in franchising, you do a lot of it. And I, I, you know, T-minus was born to work with startup companies like Seats and growth companies like Pino's Palette to make technology and building your own software simple. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Cool. And so let's go back. I mean, because you're kind of the serial entrepreneur gone franchisor, right? Yes. And and so each of these ideas, were they born? So I read the story on Pino's Palette. Obviously, as soon as I found out you were coming on a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, I got to read all about the Pino's Palette thing because, you know, so often people are sitting around, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Right. And so now there's things to do. And that's kind of how we stumbled on Pino's Palette. But I understand that that's kind of how Pino's Palette was like an idea with the wives and something like that, right? The husbands and the wives. Tell us yeah, a little bit about that. You, you got it. The, um, the origin story, and this was really, I'd say, Franchising is what turned me into the serial entrepreneur. Um, I, you know, I did not, even at school, uh, in, in MBA school, I did not have ambitions to be an entrepreneur. And um, I, my mom, I blame it on my mom. Uh, <laughs> she took my brother and I, this was 2004. Uh, we lived in Louisiana in, in, around, in around New Orleans area. Uh, she brought my brother and I to a painting class in 2004. My brother and I didn't want to go. We wanted to go out with our friends. This is over the holidays. We were all in town. So um, we, we thought we'd show her and we'd bring a cooler of beer and get drunk there because you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere you go, you just bring, bring a cooler of beer with you. Um, and it stuck with me. We had a blast. I was uh, astonished by what I was able to create because I did not include myself as artistic at all. And then after Katrina, I moved to Houston and looked for something because I thought it would be a good date night. And that's where my mind was at. So I pitched it to my roommate, who ended up being a co-founder, Charles Willis. And it wasn't until he got married to the, the beautiful young lady, Beth Willis, who said, this is a girl's night out, not a date night. And that's, <laughs> that's when the lightning bolt really struck. And the three of us founded the company finally in 2009. Awesome. And so what are some of the real early lessons that you learned in building that company that you, that you use even today with T-minus? 
Oh man, uh, we do not have enough time. I mean, we have so many, okay, so many lessons there. Yeah, top, <laughs> top ones, um, ones I talk about a lot uh, that I think are big, uh, especially for new entrepreneurs going into franchising, we're thinking about starting any kind of business is go and take the bossy qu uh, quiz. It's B-O-S-I, it's online quiz, it's free. It stands for Builder, Opportunist, Specialist, and Innovator. Have you guys heard of that? I've not taken that one. Jerry's nodding in the background, so he's Jerry's has. saying yes. Okay. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry, what are you? Do you know? Oh, okay. I'm going to go I'm sorry. It took me a minute, Craig. Uh, I honestly don't remember. It's been a while since I did it. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm curious to hear more from you. Okay. So the, the point here is that the better you can know what kind of entrepreneur you are, especially if you have a co-founder, you'll avoid a lot of mistakes. So we didn't find out, we probably knew, my co-founder and I are engineers, but we were, we were cognizant of it. So we were both builders first and, uh -huh. and um, innovators second. So what that causes is um, you can do a lot of stuff and you think you can do it better. So you in you in-house a lot of things that you should outsource. And uh -huh. in franchising, outsourcing has a very specific and strategic um, capability that you should take advantage of, especially when you're trying to scale quickly. When you're trying to engineer everything in-house, in I'll run your pay-per-click campaign and we'll do all your graphics ourselves. Um, that starts to become a problem. So knowing who you and your co-founder are, you can start to bring in other people in the organization. Like we need an opportunist. An example is, is the example of Steve Jobs and Wozniak at Apple. The opportunist Steve Jobs and the Wozniak who built the computer. Um, they're a great pairing. Two Wozniaks doesn't get Apple to Apple. Mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um, I'd say that's one really big lesson learned. And second, uh, which is probably said in every um, franchise conference that I've ever been to, whatever problem you start out at, the solution always becomes trust and communication. It, yeah. it's, it's paramount. It's a team sport like no other. Um, and you have to be thinking of the franchisees, your staff as partners and communicating and building trust at every turn. Excellent. Sorry, Ray, I'm not letting you get a word in edgewise. It's your turn. Greg, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you about your uh, Entrepreneurship philosophy. Yes. So entrepreneurship has changed. It's changed even at the university level. When I went through Rice, which is um, nationally ranked, you know, typically number one to five entrepreneurship programs in the country, it used to be taught in a very waterfall method. You know, go spend three months and create this huge business plan that's 90 pages long and then go pitch it around town and then go do surveys for another two months. Now it's all very rapid fire. So my philosophy, like many, is how do you use it like um, science in a lab? You need to have a hypothesis. Test that hypothesis quickly so you can figure out if your ideas are going to work in a fraction of the time and a fraction of the money. So instead of spreading all that out and doing surveys, just create a sliver of your idea, even if it's a pop-up stand, um, mm -hmm. get it out there, see if people will pay for it, and then quickly iterate. 
Don't spend mm-hmm. all the time planning. Um, and you know, time is your most valuable resource. So that, that's my philosophy. And if you haven't heard the term MVP or minimal viable product, mm-hmm. um, that's what we're teaching today, as well as the, the tool called the Lean Canvas is the now uh, business plan that even the SBA accepts. That sounds like my philosophy. So how, how does that match with your entrepreneurship spirit? Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the spirit, everybody has to have their, their North Star, and um, ultimately, otherwise your passion wears out. I think for, um, you know, not the seasoned entrepreneurs, but newer entrepreneurs, especially younger entrepreneurs, there's something very sexy about it, and, there, and, it, and it should be. Uh, I had a professor that when I heard him speak of entrepreneurship, it was like watching a magician. It was like, <laughs> I want to be on the other side of, of this. Yes. of this, this show here. Um, but what you don't always hear about is the unsexy stuff, the stuff that happens at 2 a.m. night in and night out, um, the calls, uh, you know, all the challenges. And, you know, you have to have a real passion and a why uh, that drives you and what you're doing. And that's, that, to me, that's the spirit. No matter, no matter who I'm coaching on what their idea is, so why do you want to do it? Because in one year or two years, when what you think the show, um, when you see behind the curtain, it's not quite as glamorous as you thought. Your why needs to be very strong and keep you going. I think the key word there is passion. You've got to have the passion. If it's not there, it just doesn't work. Yeah, you'll you'll be a number. Um, and hey, hey, you gotta. I, I like people that are going get after it and find out if they're wise strong enough and, and mm-hmm. you just constantly have to involve. Rarely does someone end up where they even think they're going to start anyway. So um, that's true. And that's always the question, right? I still ask myself, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm still asking that question. Yeah. I mean, I keep changing my mind because every franchise concept that comes along, I'm like, wow, that is really cool. And then another one comes around. I'm like, wow, I really like that one too. And then Jerry says, Hey, Kristen, check this one out. And I'm like, wow, I can have this whole portfolio of all these different franchise concepts because they're all really solid and they're all really cool. I thought um, we all wanted I- to be Ray. <laughs> <laughs> But right now we're at a point, right? So you have um, different things happening in the world. And we have a lot of young people who have a little more money than I had when I was their age. And many of them have kind of started thinking that they don't really want to work for the corporation world anymore. Mm-hmm. What do you, what kind of advice do you give to the, the millennials and such who are starting to consider going out there and, and going into business for themselves. What do you advise them to do? Yeah, I, you know, I try to educate them on what life is like. Um, my, my near and dear mentor, you'll probably hear me, uh, Dr. Al Napier uh, from Rice, uh, he passed away earlier, earlier this year. And he taught me that entrepreneurship can be a career just like any, anything if, if done, but you have to find your style. My style is very risk adverse. So, you know, I find things that I can really work the risk out of every step of the way. So it can be a job and a career, just like anything. It's not like going, it doesn't have to be like going to the casino. Um, And we tend to hear a lot of the big casino stories. I mortgaged my car and I put it all down and then I became a 10 millionaire. It's like, that's not really what most of entrepreneurship is about. It's not how I like, like to do it. 
So I think they should know that, but they should also know um, the terms of I don't, I want to work for myself or I want to be my own boss. That's not a real thing. Um, right. You're always serving somebody, whether it's your real boss or your new bosses, your customers, your employees. Mm-hmm. Um, you're there to serve all of them to achieve some goal for the brand and organization. So um, there's no such thing as being your own boss. Now, there is a lot of luxuries. Once the company's more grown up, um, and, I'll, and I'll equate it to children, uh, is, you know, it, it takes a while for them to learn how to uh, wipe their own butt and feed themselves. And, and then you can get some more freedoms uh, in your day and, and uh, set your own schedule a little bit better, uh, which, which is uh, very rewarding. Right. Well, and you've certainly run the gamut, and this is now three different franchises that you've founded, and obviously you're very successful. You do coaching and mentoring, you've talked about. So what do you do to attract and um, main, retain and grow talent within your organization? That's something we've been talking a lot about, and, and you seem to be successful at it. I'll tell you one epiphany we had uh, in – 2017, uh, maybe 16, we found a system called EOS. Have you heard of that? It's been going through the the franchise community quite a bit, and it should be. Um, It it changed Pino's palette for the good uh, in in major, major ways. So for anybody that doesn't know, it stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's based off a book written by Gino Wickman called Traction. You can self-implement it. Oh, look, she's going to – it's the orange book on the shelf. She's gonna, yeah, thank you, Karen. <laughs> there you go. Bam. You got it. Uh, it's a great program. I highly recommend it in my personal rule because I've seen, you know, Pino's Palette, we grew it, grew it to 120 locations before we put it in. So we had all the damage of not EOS, and then we put EOS in, and it, it took us a long time to get a lot of things squared away. Um, so my personal rule is, I do a decent amount of investing as well. I do not start a business, get involved in a business, or invest in a business that does not have EOS or something like it in place. Awesome. And let me get to your question. It has some good frameworks. And one of the most important ones, you have to define your values and institute them into the day-to-day, have 90-day checkpoints with each individual that they're living those values, and the mantra is you hire and fire based off of those values. And EOS makes you do that. So how do I recruit the best talent? We don't have a crystal ball, but the system makes sure that the people that are meant to stay and see your values and understand your why will stay. And the, the others will graduate um, to customers. Um, they'll, they'll graduate to alumni pretty quickly. That's awesome. What a pleasure it has been to have you on the show. Um, tell our listeners, how they would get in touch with you if they'd like to have further conversations with you. Absolutely. Well, first off, the pleasure is all, all mine. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart. You can get in touch with me. I love software and to talk to anybody about software. If you're thinking about building software, reach out to us at t-solutions.com. It's what we do and it's what we love to do. If you're interested in my book, which we hope is coming out yes. uh, First quarter of next year, if you're thinking about, if you have that next big app idea, go to craigsecanty.com. You can sign up for a newsletter to get a advanced copy. Awesome. And where do we find you? 
Um, I'm mostly monitoring involved on LinkedIn. So if you find me on okay. LinkedIn, yeah, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Awesome. And we'll have all your information also on our website at pillarsoffranchising.com. Thank you again so much, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again real soon, Craig. Thank you. And now, hey, hey franchise owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. Hello. Hello. Greetings, Earthlings. How are you all today? <laughs> well, Jim, I'm glad you're back. Did you miss me? We always miss you, Jerry. <laughs> I'm not sure Fred misses me right now. I call Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fred. <laughs> well, it's, you know, wasn't it great talking to Craig? That was a yeah. one story. What a, what a serial entrepreneur. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And speaking, you know, our, speaking our language. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. And I love, Karen, how you have that book on your shelf. And it's actually in my to-read pile um, that I've been meaning to get to. So I've got like four books in my next section. So that's awesome. I can't wait to read it. No, it's, it's, it's great. And, and it, goes, it goes hand in hand with, um, you know, a lot of work I do is leadership. Yep. You know, because yep. you have to, it's that great leadership. And having, those, having the systems in place together, dynamic. It's been awesome that we've been talking about the last three or four weeks as well, all the different things to keep your employees engaged in the values and all that. So it's, it's been a really, really right in line, succinct message. Hopefully people are understanding it's not just us, same thing. She's implementing the same thing. So absolutely. Karen's such a show off. She's got all those books behind her. I, I know. Lake. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yours is better than mine. You know, I'd rather be on the lake than reading books, but hey. Yeah, Gary, we can tell you're at the lake, by the way. And I want to tell you, uh, to go along with what Craig said, and Karen, you just mentioned it too, some of the most successful franchisees that I know have implemented the EOS system, Agreed. and they are exceptionally sold on it. They tell every franchisee that you know, their peers within the uh, the brand that they are in, uh, that they have to do it. And I've seen some pretty major things happen after people implement that. So kudos to all of you who have done that. Awesome. Hey, so we're going to talk today about um, some of the, the stuff coming up um, kind of in the franchise world, right? Absolutely. So, Karen, you want to kind of get get us started on this subject? When you say the stuff coming up, where <laughs> I'm like, well, the stuff well, coming talk, up. You mean just, to, yeah, we talked in general, right? We talked, right? This whole conversation kind of started with um, 
a few different articles that we've been reading. Right. Um, one talked about some of the great opportunities that um, are coming up with the people who survived um, COVID. Right. And now here we have an economic situation um, where some of these poor people have barely made it out of COVID and now there's yet another hit. Right. And been doing it again. Right. And so we think we're going to see a lot of businesses start coming up for sale. Um, Elizabeth and I had a conversation with um, someone the other day who's in the banking industry and helping people expand. And I know Jerry's been um, talking to a lot of people in that arena as well. Um, and then, Karen, you've been kind of looking at it from a different point of view, right? Some other right. things go along with that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because so many times, you know, during these times, I think a lot of people, there, there, there's a fear, right? There's the yeah. whole fear. And Craig even talked about, like, risk tolerance and all that. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times people will be like, well, I don't want to do anything right now because look at where it is. Yet at the same time, that if you really think about it and think about it holistically and take a look at all the different factors, now's a good time. Now's a good time to go into franchising. Now's a good time to think about uh, building businesses. I mean, there are right. a lot of factors that we need to take a look at. It's not just go out there and just do something and not think about it, right? Right. But, but now could be a great time even in the midst of what was happening with, you know, inflation, COVID, all the different things that are, that are, that are taking place right now. Cause a lot of people are tired of kind of working for someone else. I mean, look at all the different, the layoffs and everything that's happening. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought, I mean, really before Elon took over, I'm sure nobody thought that Twitter would see all these massive layoffs. Right. right. You know, look at the home prices over in Silicon Valley and such there. I mean, those homes are virtually untouchable right now. Right. And now you have thousands and thousands of people who have no way to pay those mortgages, right? I mean, that's going to completely flip things upside down there. You're going to have businesses in that area who no longer have customers. I mean, just one thing, one small thing can create these big upheavals in a community. And so... The, the one interesting thing that um, when Elizabeth and I were talking with this gentleman, and he's going to be on the show, so I don't want to do any spoilers, but the one thing he said, you know, as money becomes more expensive, and, and it will become more expensive for a little while, we know that, that's, that it's bound to happen, and, and if you need to borrow money, remember to think about the fact of whatever the interest rate is today, if you can afford the payment today, make sure that you budget in the fact that you need to be able to afford what that money is going to cost you in three or four years or five years, right? Because if you don't, that's when you get in trouble. Because if you budget to only pay what that loan would be at six or 7% and then it jumps to 10% and you're not prepared for that or jumps to 11%, that's when all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I'm out of money. I can't make my payments. And then you're in a fire sale situation. Right. right. So it's about being not scared, but prepared. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you get Karen started and I'm over here making notes about all the things I want to talk about. Let's go right ahead, Jerry. (laughs) All right. Well, Karen, you just hit in anywhere you want to, but I got to tell a couple quick stories first, because when you talk about, you know, missed opportunities and things like that, one of my favorite stories was during COVID, uh, I offered uh, an opportunity to somebody that was anxious to become a franchisee in one of the brands I work with. And uh, they had been bugging me for a long time and COVID hit and they immediately put a full stop on it. And I said, 
you know, it's going to take us six to 12 months to get real estate for you and things like that. So whatever's going on with COVID will work itself out and you'll be ready to go then, right? Uh, I, he held off. I said, listen, I'm getting other calls from other people. Uh, you may miss out on this opportunity. And two months later, I sold that entire region. He called me three months later and said, hey, I'm ready to go. And I said, I'm sorry, we have no more licenses available because somebody saw the opportunity and they knew that it was the right thing for them at the right time. You know, right now, today, I'm working with franchisees who are, uh, they're running profitable locations or profitable franchise systems. And I'm talking to them about expanding within their region, you know, uh, putting their name on a new lease and things like that. And they're like, time out. I want to see what's going on with the economy. I want to see where we're going with all this kind of stuff. Same story. I'm getting calls for people who want those locations. I'm not going to hold them forever. So if you don't strike, somebody else will. I've got somebody right now today who is opening their first location. Uh, there is a brand new center being built. It's going to be the power center for their area. I said, uh, you know, the broker's already sent us some locations for buildings that are not even built yet. And I said, okay, pick a spot. We're going to negotiate. And they are holding off. I said, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to negotiate. I'm going to put the lease in my name, and then you can buy the rights to it from me when you decide you want to go there because we're not losing that opportunity. So the thing I want to tell you when you're talking about interest rates and borrowing enough money, first off, you should be borrowing enough money the first time you go, not having to worry about yeah. borrowing more money later on. So I think, Kristen, quite often you say double is the number. Maybe double is a little high, but somewhere in that region. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is interest is tax deductible. It's a cost of doing business. And if you add up lost opportunity costs, yeah. that gets to be way higher than one or two points change in your interest rate. Okay, okay those are my notes. All right, you two go. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. I, I think to, because people get caught up in right in all the other stuff and the and the negative and the right. they're scared instead of yeah. land of plenty, it's land of scarcity, and then and then they just they freeze and then that's when someone else. You're right, Jerry. They kind of jump in like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right now. Yeah. And I'm thinking if you take a look at history, this is when a lot of good ideas happen. This is this is when success happens in these times. I've well, said it. I've said it forever, and I will repeat this until they put me in the ground, all right? During the Great Depression, the people that came out of that as millionaires were the people that took risks, took what money they had, and invested it wisely because they could buy for pennies on the dollar. Now, there's opportunities out there right now that people think are too expensive, but in one or two years, they're going to be even more expensive. So don't miss that opportunity. And I think, Jared, you, you well, you, you mentioned um, – one way of doing it, and that is opening new locations. But don't you also find that there are a lot of resales that are out there right now, um, many of which, you know, some are just, you know, maybe they're of the retirement age. Maybe they are indeed people who just can't hold on any longer after the pandemic. Um, well, this is a hot topic amongst those of us that swim deep in the, uh, the franchising pool right now. I just talked to our friend Red a couple nights ago about mm -hmm. this subject because he's got, I think he said, a thousand franchise systems that do resales through him. So um, the answer is yes. Uh, I know within the, uh, well, I'll just use Great Clips as an example. There are hundreds that are going to be either on the block right now or will be very shortly because, as you mentioned, retirement is one thing. 
you mentioned also that, uh, frankly, people that only have two or three units tend to be the ones that are getting uh, tired of fighting the battles right now because there's just not enough meat on the bone to right. keep them excited. The retirement ones are usually a little bit bigger unit size, like maybe 5, 10, 15, 20. Uh, the ones that are tired of fighting the battles have between one and three locations. But somebody, you know, when I bought all the acquisitions that I've done in my career, I, I, I like them to be breaking even, but I just want, want them to be covering most of their bills. Because if I'm looking at them correctly, I see the opportunities by implementing systems, as Craig mentioned, EOS might be one of those, uh, marketing systems, management systems, operations, things like that, uh, and, then, and then really fine-tuning your marketing after that. We've had many of our locations that we've dub doubled the volume on within a year. So buying them, even if it seems expensive, especially because of interest right now, uh, if you buy one that's cash flowing or near cash flowing, that has upside, uh, it's, you will never get a better opportunity than right now. And I think after January 1st, you're going to see even more of them because a lot of people are just trying to get through the end of the year. Yeah. Maybe first quarter they get their taxes done and see that they didn't do as well as they expected. And they're like, I'm done. Somebody yeah. make me an offer. I'm out of here. So be prepared because there's going to be a fair number of opportunities coming down. And by the way, there's going to be a lot of people looking at them. So don't wait too long once you get introduced. Right. To them. Well, and the beauty, the beauty of, of a franchising, the whole franchising system is you have those systems in place. So, you know, Christian, you talked about, A, if you can, if you can actually buy one that's existing, so then you're not doing a lot of build outs and all that. You have that. And then you have a system in place. So, you know, it's almost like sometimes you, they have the battle scars of what's been working, not working. Yeah. So you can, you can learn from that. So you're not just starting from a blank sheet of paper. And I think that's a great place to start, too, in these times. Yeah, it's easier, I think, in a system like a franchise to identify where the failures are, where the systems weren't being followed, than if you were to buy, you know, someone's private business. I mean, then you had to right. been in the field, and who knows where they're hiding things, so to speak, and not doing things properly. Um, a franchise system makes it a lot easier to, to do those things. But I, I also think those, you know, people who perhaps were a little more savvy with um, their PPP money, the ERTC money, yeah, and they took the EIDL loans and didn't go and blow them, um, are sitting on cash right now. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And so... Um, some are just waiting for the right thing to come along. Actually, now that you brought that up, Kristen, I've uh, talked to probably six to 10 franchisees nearing retirement age, probably not quite ready yet, who are saying, I have got a lot of money in the bank from everything that's happened over the last couple of years. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, my operations are back where they need to be uh, above break even, maybe making some money. There may not be another better time in history for them to get out than right now because right. they've got money in the bank that they've already washed through the system and it's clean and they can keep it. Sorry, it's yeah. the mob background coming up. In <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, uh, so they've got a pot of cash sitting there and uh, now they've got 10 locations that are going to sell for a quarter of a million dollars piece. They're yep. going to find somebody that will give them $2.5 million for that thing. They don't have any more operational headaches. They're done. Yep. They're out here. Maybe they self-finance 80% of it, so they'll have interest payments coming in. Oh, and by the way, Kristen, to your point, 
if it's a franchise system, the field operations uh, people from the franchisor probably know the systems that aren't being failed, and they'll be more than happy to explain that to a brand new uh, owner. Totally. Exactly. So that they can say, all you got to do is this, this, and this, and you'll turn this thing around in a heartbeat. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And we, we actually, you know, at our, at our last uh, neighborly event, I, I found a few of our fellow owners that they did. They said, you know what? I, I'm out because I've got this extra money. We're doing well, but I've been doing it for 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. I just want to go retire on the beach. I'm like, dude, what a great idea. Yeah. You know? Well, and something nobody thinks about, uh, I do all the time because I'm wired that way. But if you know of a franchisee that's been doing it for 20 or 25 years and you really want to buy them out, taking them to coffee might turn into a business purchase option because all you have to do is talk to them about, man, you run a great operation. I'd sure like to do that someday. If you ever think about getting out, think of me. Uh, I'm willing to go deep on this thing, however you want to put it. And you might suddenly, you know, tease somebody into saying, well, let's talk because- A lot of people haven't really thought about it, but they know they're reaching the end. They don't have a, a plan. You might be their plan. And I think a lot of people, maybe even six, nine months ago, a lot of franchisees were hesitant to, to sell because of where, kind of where things were. They were just kind of coming back. And now, and now it is. Even, even though we have inflation, a little bit of things going on, a lot of franchises are coming back. So you're right. They've got mm-hmm. the cash. They've got everything. And so yep. they're much more open to it than they were even nine months to a year ago. Yep, absolutely. And let's not forget the whole uh, OPM, right, other people's money. A lot of these people would love to get a, a monthly check from you. Yeah. Let them finance the loan, right? Say, hey, listen, I'll pay you two grand a month. In, in addition to your Social Security check and any other annuities you have come in every month, they can live high on the hog wherever they want, and you've got pretty cheap money. Yeah, and you've got, you got to remember if somebody's been in the franchise system for 20, 25-plus years, uh, and they've done well for themselves, they've put money in other investments and moved it around and things like that. So if they're doing the math because you nudged them and said, hey, maybe someday, you know, and they start doing what you just did, Kristen, they might look at Social Security, but frankly, for somebody like this, Social Security is going to be the smallest. That's going to be their their spending money, their pocket yep. money, because they should have a bunch of money stuck away in stocks, bonds, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe real estate, something like that. Yeah. And uh, so that check that's coming in for their past business for the next 10 years or whatever yep. is, uh, is supplemental income. It, it's right. the extra income. The gas money. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy, how do you get that one, Jerry? I do want to tell you guys, uh, I am talking to dozens of people right now that are, are in the process of looking for an opportunity to get out of what they're doing. Uh, interestingly enough, I'm talking to dozens of people who think now wouldn't be a bad time to get into franchising. And as you've heard me say on this show in the past, you know, when I hear somebody say, well, maybe I'll get into franchising when the economy gets better. Everybody wants to get in when it gets better. That's right. right now, if you buy the right franchise, because let's face it, there are a lot of franchises that actually do better in recessions than they do in normal times. Because, mm-hmm. and I'll use our business uh, as an example, 
Uh, we always grow during recessions because people that were spending 40 or $50 for a haircut don't want to spend 40 or $50 anymore, but they still want to get the same number of haircuts. So suddenly a $18 or $20 haircut seems like a great deal. So we pick up a lot of business. Now you can look at any category out there and somebody fills that niche, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to buy one and you're worried about the economy and what's going to happen in the next couple of years, just pick the right one. Absolutely. Right. Oh, all of a sudden, I got in the dark. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think also, you know, Jerry, you were talking about even if you think about like food, all the mm-hmm. there, there's there's so many, you know, there, there's so many opportunities out there where you're right. It's it's right now is is a great time. Mm-hmm. So you know what we would say is advise someone to take a look at not only the market, take a look at like the FDD, take mm-hmm. a look take a look at how the franchises are are they growing. So there are a lot of things for them to take a look at to make sure you're, you're buying the right opportunity at this time as well. So. Right. And we've gone back, you know, a couple episodes ago, a few episodes ago, uh, and we talked about recession-proof businesses, right? Right. So, again, whatever, you know, whether it's, you know, um, home maintenance, not home improvement per se, but things that you have to do. You have to have your plumbing done. You have to have your appliances fixed. You have to have electrical fixed. You have to eat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just things that have to happen. And so right. those are kind of no-lose categories if you're used, if you, you know, in terms of eating, I wouldn't go buy a fine dining place when the right. economy is bad. But, you know, if you have a moderate restaurant, you're probably not going to lose providing you provide good service and a proven model, right? So, right. Um, and you're not buying super expensive you know. I'll guarantee you, moms are going to continue to take their three little kids out for some kind of a burger or something on a regular basis because it's inexpensive, it's easy, right. it's quick, they're on the run. So there are, you know, you can look at uh, sub sandwiches, you can look at pizza. Uh, pizza. <laughs> Pizza's always going to be good in that right. situation. Most hamburgers, you know, all those kinds of things. There's literally, you know, hundreds of uh, potential op- uh, operations that you should be looking at. And Karen, you talked about it earlier. You know, uh, there are a lot of people that are worried about their jobs right now because when the economy goes down, you can talk about Elon Musk and Twitter, but uh, Facebook, look at what's going on with Facebook. I was just going to say that. I'm seeing a lot of that on LinkedIn. Yep. And it's going to continue to spread to other businesses. Now, when you get let go in a situation like that, you can, uh, you know, clean up your resume and take it down the road and get another job that could be gone in six to 12 months or... You can invest that same time and effort into uh, looking into a franchise and picking one that's good for you, become your own boss, perhaps not have to work very many hours after a couple of years of hiring the right people and getting it right. up and running, and actually make way more money than you would in any, you know, job that you would have taken. Right. And, and, you know, one of the things that we talk about, too, is is that during this time, don't don't run away from something run towards. So making sure whatever you're running towards also meets and you know, your values, your value system. Um, is it the right system for you? So, you know, with, with that said, it's just making sure you've got the right opportunity for you, the right match. As Craig was saying, I think you, you what is it? The, I'm going to look it up. The BOSI, B-O-S-I, or BOSI. I like that. So I'm going to take a look. But it's also making sure that you've got the right one, too, and you're running towards the right opportunity. Yep, Absolutely. Well, and, you know, another thing that people may be hesitant about during this time is uh, the old, I don't know anything about franchising. I don't know if I will buy a franchise that is in my wheelhouse. And so where am I going to get help? Well, we're help. But the franchise system, whether it's the franchisor 
the peers, the other franchisees within that system, or people like us who do coaching and consulting. I mean, I've got a client right now uh, of emerging brand, uh, of an emerging brand that is not getting a lot of support. And in an hour, I gave them two pages of things they can do that literally will double their revenue in the next six to 12 months. Yep. And I did a follow-up. They've done three of them because I told them to focus on three to start with. And they're already seeing a big uptick. So yep. if you're considering buying a franchise and any of those things concern you, just find the right coach, mentor, uh, yep. whatever. There's plenty it of help. Makes a difference. Makes a difference because it's all that tribal knowledge. Tribal knowledge. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, again, right? You're, you're in business for yourself, but you're not in, in business by yourself. The beauty okay. of franchising. So I'd like to thank you both for joining us today and all of your thoughts and outlook on the franchise world and what's going on today and in the near future. And um, at this point, I think we have to pay the bills again. We have a lot of bills. We'll see you both again next Thursday. Thank you. As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at franchiseshow247.com. Um, we couldn't do without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have calling guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our Million Dollar Mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up. And we would like to thank you all for joining us on the show today with our guest, Craig Sikanti of T-Minus Solutions. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode as well as any other that you find out there. We'd like to thank Braid Pillar, Jerry Akers, our Million Dollar Mentors, Karen Tensi-Score, Joe Carnegie, and Fred McMurray and Elizabeth Dedham, our producers. I am Kristen Shelmetsky, and together we are your resource for franchising success. This has been another episode of Pillars of Franchising, and remember, the dream starts here. Have a great week.